Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this evening. We give you all the praise. We honor you for a time like this. As we have the opportunity to sit in your presence under your feet, O Lord, and to hear nothing but your word. So, dear Lord, tonight, let it be nothing but your word, even as you grant me the utterance, O Lord, and you give each one of us, even the heart, to receive what you have for us, for your name to be praised. Father, we thank you and bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, tonight we are sharing on the topic, how not to love the world. How not to love the world. The issue of whether to love the world or not was one such matter which our Lord Jesus Christ made a very emphatic statement on it. And before I delve into that, one may ask, what, what is the world? It is just the system that is run by man and is counter to how God would want us to live. The system run or influenced by man and it runs counter to how the Lord Almighty would want us to live our lives on this earth. It has a whole prince in charge, well networked and coordinated, and virtually runs through every sector of our lives, be it education, finance, pleasure, culture, sociological, all of these areas since the very beginning when Satan influenced man this system has evolved over the years and today we can see it coming to the climax and we can see how it's, it's even got to a time where it's like a rebellion against the Almighty God. And what I want to begin by saying is that it is not just an ordinary issue of we following the world by maybe clothing or things that are nice. It's, it's much deeper than that. And I believe that as believers, we need to understand this. So that when we are talking about the world, it's not just because we are following a certain system which gives us pleasure, maybe clothing, something is trending, and we are also buying it, and then we say we are just in the world. 
once you get into it, we are so, you are subscribing to a certain system which has a spiritual implication and which can lead to domination. And the serious issue is that before, at the time when our Lord Jesus Christ, just before his crucifixion, he issued in John chapter 17, our Lord issued what I will call an executive summary to the Almighty God to indicate to him that the work that you gave to me to come on this earth, I have come and I have accomplished it. And in this report that our Lord Jesus Christ, if you read the whole of John 17, which God, the Lord Jesus Christ, gave us a report of his assignment on this earth, one of the crucial issues that our Lord mentioned in that report has to do with the love of the world. And in that John chapter 17, if I should go straight to verse 6 because of time, it says, I have manifested thy name unto the men whom you have given me out of the world. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou givest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou givest them me, and they have kept thy word. So here, Jesus was very specific that he came on this earth for an assignment and there are men, a group of people who were in the world, but the Lord gave them out of this world to him. And therefore, we should even though we are here, we belong to, if you say we are believers, we belong to a certain group of people who have been taken out of this world. And this is Jesus Christ making a statement that there are a certain group of people. I came, I gave them your word, I told them, I've given them eternal life, and for these people, they are not parts. So Jesus, in his report, is making it an emphatic statement that we are out of this world. Then in the verse 9, not only are we out of this world, he even went further to pray for these people or you and I who are not part of this world. He has identified us. He has picked us out of the world. And in the verse 9 he says, and I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for those that he has taken out. So, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, not for them which thou given me. No, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. A prayer has been said on our behalf in addition. So, having settled 
this matter in his report to the Almighty God, when we look through verse 11 to 17, the issue of love or not to love the world clearly comes out. So in the verse 11 of John 17, it says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. Remember, we have been taken out, but we are in. And he has prayed for us. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me. Again, we should know that we have a special concession where we have been given to our Lord Jesus Christ. That they may be one in addition to that. Verse 12 says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in my name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept. And I want us to be looking at the fact that we are a special people that the Lord has kept us even whilst he was here. And none of them is lost. None of us should be lost to any system of this world. But the son of prediction that the scripture might be fulfilled. In the verse 13, And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And the verse 14 says, I have given them thy word, and the world have hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Brethren, Jesus is saying, he is not of the world. And he has given us enough teaching that we too, we are not of the world. Verse 15 says, I pray not that thou shouldest take them even out of this world, but thou should keep them, keep them from evil. Verse 16 says, they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. And the seriousness for me I'm saying is that Christ came for an assignment to give us eternal life. He was reporting back. He said, the hour has come. The verse 1 says, the hour has come. Glorify thy son, thy own son, so that I may also glorify thee. I have given them power I have given them eternal life. And these are those that I have taken out of this world. I have prayed for them in addition. And they are not part of this world. That is the report our Lord Jesus Christ gave to the Father. And I matter was settled there and then. That for those for whom he came for, which is you and I, in the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are not part of this world. He has prayed for us. So we should know that we don't belong. Because Jesus has put a certain label on us. That these ones are not part of this world. That the world is a system which runs counter to God. So we cannot be people of God 
we cannot be following Jesus Christ. We cannot say that we are saints, we are believers, and can be part of the world system. Because as the Lord left, He knew that we will not be part of it. And for me, this is the beginning part of how this matter should be clear to all of us. In addition to what Jesus declared in John chapter 17, John, in the book of First John, chapter 2, from verse 14 to 16, in First John chapter 2, from 14 to 16, John re-echoed this point again and said, I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him, that is from the beginning, I have written unto you, young men, don't worry whether you are an old person or not, young men, because you, and I said, because you are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and you have overcome the wicked one, then he goes to love not the world, knowing that we are strong, the word of God abides in us. We have overcome the wicked. And then he says, So love not the world, neither the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Lord is not in him. So John is even saying that, Look, you people are strong. The word of God is strong in us. The word of God abides in us. For that reason, we ought not to love and the things of the world, we ought not to love them. And if we do so, the love of the Father is not enough. That's what I'm saying. This world is not just talking about things that are trending, following fashions. or th- It's much deeper than that. It's dealing with our love for the Almighty God. And the verse 16 says, For all that is in this world... The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So if we call on the Lord God as our Father, even as we say the Lord's Prayer very often, if we believe that we have a heavenly Father, we cannot be part of the world system. And I believe that it's as simple as that. It is dealing with a spiritual issue. It is dealing with a matter that touches our love for God. And that is how we should look at this matter. We are not just talking about we appreciating and being attracted to nice things in this world. As we do so, you are subscribing to the things of this world. And as you subscribe to the things of this world... The love of the Father is not to you. And if the love of the Father is not in us, you know how serious it is. Then James 2, in James chapter 4, verse 4, which we always quote. James 4, 4 says, that Ye adulteresses and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world 
is the enemy of God. So again, as we have seen, Jesus Christ stated his position on the issue of whether one can belong to the world or not. And certainly, for those that he has taken, he came and took us out of it and prayed for us, we have no business being part of the world. John has restated it, and James, in James 4.4, has also restated this position. And I believe it is clear to all of us. At this point, one will want to find out how did this world system even evolve? And it started from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, how Satan entered the garden. And then I would just like to focus on verses 7 from 5 to 8. Genesis 3, 5 to 8. It says, For God doth know that that was Satan, the enemy, the prince, the one controlling the world system, when he got into the garden, he said, and trying to, you know, the conversation that Eve had with her, he said, For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6 says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now look at the verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And if I should translate this to tree, we'll say that I hope you understand. Their eyes were opened. And in tree, we say, And that is the world system. So their eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And then, who told them to sow a fig tree? That was the beginning of man having independent life. So they themselves sowed a fig leaves together and made themselves apron. So they entered into the realm where man began to do things for himself and not to depend on God. That was the beginning, the genesis of the world system. In the verse 8, And when they heard the voice of God, with the new realm in which they found themselves, that new realm, that world system, it hates the voice of God. So, and when they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. So the world system has no place for God. The world system has no place for Christ. It will hide in the trees of the garden. That is the genesis of the world system that we have. And right through the Old Testament, 
we come to Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, where then Satan presented the kingdoms of this world when he attempted tempting our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, and again, the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And the verse 9 says, and said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. So what we are tracing so far is that Jesus Christ has made his position on the world system re-echoed by John as well as James. And we have attempted to show how the world system even began right from Genesis in the garden where man decided to have his own system which was counter to what God had established for them. As a result of this, Various systems evolved, which I'll quickly take us through before we attempt to see how we can try not to love them. Even the church system, the educational system, the financial system, the pleasures and entertainment, the class system, were all things that evolved out of Genesis chapter 3 from verse 7 to 9. And then through what, uh, when it came to Matthew 4, it had become well established that now Satan decides to offer these to men. For example, the educational system. If we take right from the beginning, we all know that in Deuteronomy, God said even as we sat with our children and walked with them, we should let them know what is the word of God. We should preach to them talk to them. It came to a point that even that nations developed. Nations like America could even have Bibles in schools. In our own land, some of us studied Bible knowledge. We studied religious knowledge. Now we call something social studies. So religious and Bible is out. Deuteronomy chapter 6 is out. That is the world system for you. That is how it has infiltrated the educational system. And not only taking out the Bible, the religious studies, Bible studies, even some of us, in Form 1, the Methodist hymn book was mandatory. Today, I'm not sure any school subscribes to it. We are gradually replacing it with subjects of abomination to our God talking about sex education. That is how the system is evolving. That is only for education. If you take the financial system, which is part of the world system, and even back to the educational system, when we were growing up, the bookshops were the Presbyterian Book Depot or Methodist Book Depot. Today, where are they? It tells you how far we have withdrawn from what God wanted us to have. If you take the financial system, as people that Christ has taken us out, he wants us to be people of faith. But I believe our brother, Atua and his son will tell us, your banking system is not based on faith. It is based on debt. 
everything that you structure is that you must be a debtor. At the personal level, even if you don't like a credit card, they want you to own a credit card to make you a slave to the world system. So individuals, nations have become slaves. And today our own nation, you know where we are, we have become a slave to the international system. That is the world system for you. They are not burdening it for us. They are burdening it for the prince. And then ultimately in Revelations, the mark of the beast will come. That is how the system is being evolved. So when Jesus said that we should not be part of that system, it is not an ordinary fashion, but it's much deeper than that. Take their pleasures. It's all based on the world system to take Christ out of you. The church, even the church, if you go to Exodus chapter 32, let's go to Exodus chapter 32, verse 1. Exodus 32, when we can't wait for God, even in the church, and when Moses had gone to see God, the people couldn't wait. These people can't wait for God. And when Moses saw that, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down, out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron and said unto him, Up and make us gods. Today we are even gods in the church. We shall go before us. For as for this Moses, talking about God's representative, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. So something was created. And let's move to verses 6 and 8 again because of time. And when it is not of God, so they rose up early in the morrow, offered burnt offerings, and brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. That is the church for you today. When real God is not in it, and we are following the world system, even in the church, we play. Verse 7 says, and the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for the people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Sociologically, the world system has also introduced a class system. So today we have what we call the upper class, maybe middle upper class, lower class. And in this class system, it creates a certain situation where for you to belong to that class system, you find yourself subscribing to the world system. Especially if you belong to the upper class, then there are certain things you must do to show that you belong to the upper class. And that is you joining the class system. What God gave to us is that if we do the will of God, we belong to the family of God. There is no class system. But the world system has classes. And with the classes that we have, it is based on things that sustains and runs the world system. So there are classes. The classes will tell you where you will live, belong, when you belong to a certain class. Even the car you ought to drive. And it runs even to the corporate institutions. If the Lord is, you haven't made a manager, the system tells you how to dress. Where to live. I'm sure, Mark, you know. 
when you're a manager, you must wear suit. When traditionally, you didn't know how to wear suit. But the system tells you to wear suit. That is the world system for you. And even though on the surface it may not be bad, for the time that you are working, it is fine. But remember that you don't belong. And you must have the attitude of Moses, who even though was in the palace, he still esteemed the reproach of Christ. Otherwise, if you get into this world system and it takes hold of you, by the time you are out of the corporate life, your life is gone. And you have become part of the world system. And in this system, they are even identifying young men and women. And that is why someone like Barack Obama was identified to be leading what they did. They picked them from the world system. And here, the institutions are already here. You have the Foreign Relations Institute already in this country. You have the Tony Blair Institute already here, identifying young men for the world system. You might think that it is, it is good, but you are buying into something which is domination. So, brethren, some of these things may look glamorous. As parents and relations, we should know what we are getting into. And let's remember, like I said, Jesus said, this people have taken them out of the world. Why are we going back into it? Because the world system, in this presentation, it looks attractive. It looks so attractive that people even are competing to be part of it. And we think that if you belong, then you are enlightened. We think that if you belong, then you have arrived. What many people don't know is that you are selling your soul bit by bit. And we need to be very careful. If you are a believer, like I said, if you don't have a job to do and it's giving you daily bread, you are holding on to it. But whilst you are in there, you are esteeming Christ. You are esteeming Christ. And brethren, you cannot be in that corporate system for life. 60 years will catch up with you. And if it has made so much impression on your life, like Osofu said, that is where they are even recruiting the Lodge members. When we were growing up, the Lodge members were truly secret societies. Today, they are not secret societies. They are recruiting young men, the bright ones and the brilliant ones, to service the world system. But we are calling it networking. This networking, you are selling your soul. Brethren, and sometimes we parents, we think it is nice that our children are in certain institutions and they belong. What is this life? What is this life to enjoy all those fleeting pleasures for now? For you to lose your children. Because it looks nice for them to belong to some of these world systems. So my advice is fine. There are no jobs and you've got yourself a job. Know that that is not your resting place. You're only passing through. And as you go in, you go in with the word. You are holding your word. You are standing on the word. Otherwise, the system is so powerful that it can sweep you out of your feet. 
it can sweep you out of your feet. But like sometimes we parents are the very ones. We are even looking for such openings for our children. Because they look glamorous. What we forget is that in it is what the devil has planted. But let's go back to Christ. Christ has made a report to the Almighty Father that I have taken them out of the system. I have prayed for them. They don't belong. Jesus has made such a claim. And such a claim cannot be false. If it becomes false, then we have slipped into the camp of the devil and to sell ourselves into it. Now, having laid this foundation, what are some of the attempts? And besides, there are certain truths that we all need to search the Bible to know that it is the truth. This world system, if you read Second Peter chapter 3, it tells you that there is a sentence already on it. It is going. It is like, don't call me. It is going and it is gone. Second Peter chapter 3. Let's take it from verse 7, I think. Second Peter chapter 3, verse. It says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. God has pronounced that this is meant for fire. Verse 8 says, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long sovereign towards world, not willing that any should perish, but that all repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. This earth, this world also, and the works that are therein shall what? It shall be bent up. God has made a statement on this. So, beloved, if God has made this statement, why would you and I bank our hopes on such a statement? And God has not only made a statement, He has already prepared what is coming. So, in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 and 3, the new heavens and the new earth will be adored. So he said, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for a husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, 
and he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and their God. So this current world system already, as read in Second Peter, God has made a statement, an emphatic one. It's meant to be bent. It is going. It is gone. It is not only gone, but the new one is ready. It will be coming. So why would you put your hope in something which God says it is gone? Why would you put your faith in something which is gone? So these are some basic truths that I believe that as believers we need to begin to know that this world system is not something that we should put our faith in. And to go back to Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11, it even tells us what manner of people we ought to be. So it says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So we are now beginning, how would we not love this world? And Peter says, we need to be of certain personalities. People who are fully aware of the fact that what God has said is true. We ought to be people who believe that whatever God has said concerning this world, He means it. Because like I said, as Jesus said, that is why He came. To prepare us for eternal life. And I was leaving, He said, I have taken these people out of this world. And I have prayed for them. If God, if Jesus has prayed for us and has said that we are not part of it, I believe that you and I should not have any business to be people who should have any attachment to such an extent that our faith will be compromised. And in all of these things, God speaks to us in his word. Everything that I've said so far is nothing of me. Everything is in the word of God. And I believe there are more scriptures than even what I've attempted to put out. I've just, what I'm just trying to do is let us know that there is a statement or a position on this world that God has made. And I believe that God is not going to turn back on this world. Especially having gone to the extent of preparing the new one that is coming. If you can make time to read the whole of Revelations 21, he even gives the details, the foundations of the new world, the gates, everything is out there. What else do we need to convince us? God himself has spoken. So brethren, with these basic truths, I will only now attempt to try and raise some issues for consideration where we may attempt so that we don't put so much faith and not to love this world. The first point that I will try to state is that 
like I said, for some of us, we are even competing to take certain, what we may even call our rightful positions in system that is going away. I mean, if, if, if people in the world who don't read the Bible, who don't have understanding, who have not received revelation of the word, if they are still having that strong attachment to the world system, it should not be you and I. It should not be you and I. If we are having strong attachments to this world system, probably my only reason is that we are not reading the word of God. We are not reading the word of God. Because if we are reading the word of God, and God is giving us understanding, and God is giving us revelation, and all that I have stated is just a scratch of the surface of what God is telling us. And you and I can make time and go deep into the word of God. There should be nothing of this world which should attract us. Absolutely nothing. There is nothing in it. The world is making, and that is the deception of the devil. He is making everything to make the world look attractive for you and I. And they are very good at it. They are presenting this world for it to be so attractive, so appealing, and some of us think that if we don't have a part of this cake, then we've lost out. My brethren, you haven't lost anything. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in God, and God said that He has prepared something better for us, and that what He has for us is reserved for fire and to be bent, I don't know why some of us should still have a strong attachment for the world system. It's all the issue of knowing the truth. And some of us even clamor for the awards of this system. So we give it so much energy. We give it so much life for the world system to recognize us and to acknowledge us. And sometimes... The award given to us a few years down the line, the system themselves have collapsed. Meanwhile, we'll have the awards in our panging in our rooms. But the crown of life that Peter mentions in first, uh, that Paul mentions in first Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, that crown of life, that crown of righteousness will never be bent. First Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. Can we get the first? Sorry, pardon me. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Forgive me. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. For bodily exercise, proceeded little. 
But godliness is profitable unto all things. Brethren, forgive me, it should be second, second Timothy. Sorry, second Timothy. Henceforth, there is laid out for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. That is what I'm saying. Instead of we fighting and even get people who even pay money for worldly awards. And I'm saying these awards cannot be compared to the crown of righteousness which is laid out for us. Because the awards that will be given to us in this world will be bent up. They will be bent up. Those crowns, those awards will not survive. So let's have the mind of Paul and prepare to receive those crowns that have been laid out for us. So that should be the first point I think we should be. Look, the first one is for us to read the Bible more and we'll see essential truths in the Word of God where God has spoken concerning this world. Jesus Christ has spoken. Other disciples have spoken. Other men were inspired to write concerning the world system. And I believe that those portions of the word of God would give us much inspiration and to live for it. What we also need to do, even as we are reading and studying the Word of God, the second point is that we should allow Christ to be working on us. It's because it's again a spiritual issue. Sometimes the things of this world, I'm sure sometimes you should see people in shops when we see things, we even buy things that we don't need. But in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, if we have the living Bible, we say, Where Christ circumcises our hearts to such an extent that there will be no attraction for the things of this world. If we can get there, nothing in this world will attract us. So he says, In whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. In putting off the body of sins. In fact, like I said, the living Bible will tell you that the pleasures of this world, the desires of this world will be cut off by the special circumcision that will be done by our Lord Jesus Christ. And brethren, when that is done by Christ, no matter what people present to us, nothing in this world will be attractive to us. In the same way as Christ does the circumcision for us, if we are also not careful and we open up, the spirit of this world will overcome us. So we need to recognize that it is a spiritual issue that we are dealing with. The third point I would like to raise has to do with the fact that we need to recognize our positions in Christ. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. 
you know, some of these scriptures are so beautiful that I think that especially the verses in seven are scriptures that as believers we need to spend time for the Lord to give us more understanding. He says that he has raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And for me, I'm saying that if you and I, let's still go back to the verses. I'm always telling God, give me more understanding. To be seated in heavenly places and to be seated in Christ. Nothing in this world will touch you. So if only we can get more understanding and know how, where we are seated in the heavenly places and besides that, we are seated in Christ. If that is where you and I are, nothing of this world will touch us. So what we should be doing is to explore more to be in the secret place of the Most High and to have nothing to do with this world. If that can be done, the world truly will be crucified to us, with us, and nothing in this world will be attracted to you and I. But so long as we are not taking our rightful places in Christ, I believe it must be beautiful to be in Christ. If we are seated in Christ, nothing of this world will attract us. So we need to ask the Lord to give us more understanding that how do I sit in heavenly places? How do I sit in Christ? If we can spend your whole life finding your rightful position in Christ, nothing in this world will be attractive to us. And the third, the other point I want to make is that as we grow in Christ, Beloved, what we ought to know is that everything in this world that we are seeing is virtually purchased with money or our possessions. But as we grow in Christ and in our consecration, we are so much of Christ. We will get to the point where He even gives approval for our finances. And if He gives approval to buy something, I can be sure that God will not give you approval to buy something which is not godly. Because Christ, God himself, where your consecration is to such an extent that he will not give you that urge, that desire to buy something that is of the world. So one way we should be growing not to love the world is to grow in our consecration. So that our wills are not my own will. But God tells me this is even how to spend your money. We need to come to the point where we don't say that I have worked and I have earned an income. God should begin to tell you how to spend that money. If you can come to that level, you will not spend your things on the worldly system. Because God Him tell you, this one you ought not to buy it. Send this money here. Use that. And if God is leading you in how you will spend your money, I don't think you will spend your money on anything of the world. And in that way, you save yourself and you will not love the things of this world. And I believe it is something that we should all 
you know, desire to be part of it. And as we do so, we save ourselves from it. So, brethren, increasingly, let's love Christ. As we love Christ, He will direct us. And I always say to myself, sometimes you may say it is outmoded or absolute. But the old saints lived in a certain way that qualified them for mention. They lived in a certain way that the wellness system didn't have that much influence on them. And if today they have made it to be where they are, I think that for you and I, their lives should challenge us. Those are the lives that will challenge us. And I'm sure that as a young man, if you want that life to challenge you, your peers will think that before this new dispensation, why do you still want to go back? But the best things are still in the old paths where we can pick them from. But if you desire to join what is called the so-called the new dispensation, to catch up with a certain status, to catch up with a certain liberal way of living, to catch up with what we call an enlightenment, to be part of that attractive system, the world system will draw you into it. And as it draws you into it, you will lose your place in Christ. But why draw yourself into a system which God says it is meant for destruction? It is meant to be bent. A new one is ready. It is just to be adored. And it says, by His word, this current one will be away. He will just speak his word and this current system will be away and the new one will come down. If we are living now, we are living just for this life and not for the things of this world. That is the only way we can take our rightful positions in the new heavens and the earth that is coming. And God has given us his word. Let's get soaked into the word of God. Let God give us more exposition and enlightenment in his word. Not enlightenment in the world, but enlightenment in his word. And we'll begin to see what God has prepared for us. And then you will find that there, is, there should be nothing attractive about this worldly system. I haven't raised the basic issues of clothing and things. You'll find that it is all about contentment. If we can be content with what we have, I'm sure if you go back and you check your wardrobe, there are certain things you've not even worn for a year or two. What is it they're waiting for? If you are a man, how many shoes do you need? So the women are beg, I won't go there. <laughs> we'll leave it for you. To make your own determination. <laughs> but I'm saying we are chasing so many things. That the world system is doing, they have put a tag on it. And sometimes it is worn by certain celebrities, so we just buy them. And 
we are in debt. We are in debt. And some of us have compromised our faith even because of those things that we are chasing. We have distanced ourselves from the God that we are supposed to serve. We have departed from the faith because of what the world system is presenting. My brethren, tonight I want to remind all of us that what God has prepared for us is more than meets the eye. Let's go into the word. Let the Spirit of God reveal what God has prepared for us. Let's put away the wisdom of this world. And let's allow the wisdom of God to lead us. And I believe we will not be disappointed. Let's also not disappoint God. Having made all the preparations that he has made. Giving all what that Christ came to do. And he reporting back that I have done this. I have taken them out. I have prayed for them. They don't belong. Let's not disappoint Christ. And I believe that at the end, our lives will be profitable. So Father, this evening, the topic we had was that we should not love this world. Help us. It might look so attractive. So appealing. Everywhere you pass, there may be advertisements. Things to do, even to create the impression that it is more convenient to use the wireless systems and products that are coming up. But Father, let us have your wisdom. Let us have your spirit to lead us into the things that you have prepared for us. That is the only way we'll put behind this worldly system. We certainly have another world in view. And because of this, circumcise our hearts. Take the desires and the pleasures of this world from our hearts. Let us have hope. Let us put our faith in what you have prepared for us. And it shall be well with us. Father, we thank you and we bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.